Um, so I, I want to talk about freedom this morning, and I love the song choice, the song choices that we have this morning. That second song was all about the freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. And those are great words and great lyrics to sing, and we sing them loud and we sing them passionately, and that's good. But do we understand what it is that we're declaring? Do we understand the freedom that it's actually talking about? Do we understand the freedom that God talks about in His Scriptures that we have as a result of what He's done for us? Because I think that, that while we may have a basic understanding of what freedom means in, in the natural sense, we need to develop an understanding of what freedom means in the spiritual sense, of what freedom means when it's spoken by God over his creation. What does it mean to be free? What are we free from? Are we just free from ourselves? Are we free from our own stupidity? No, because I'm still stupid and I'm sure all of you still do stupid things as well. What are we actually free from? What is the freedom that we have in Christ? It is a true and unrestricted freedom that we have as believers. It's freedom from the lies of the enemy. It's freedom from the oppression of the enemy, freedom from the pressures of this world, and freedom from the sin that entangles us and that entangles this world. It's a spiritual freedom that God is giving to his people. It's more than just a natural understanding of, yeah, we're free and we can do what we want. There's so much more to it, right? There's so much, I think, that we miss out on because we neglect this freedom that we have. Maybe neglect is the wrong word. Maybe we just haven't learned to appreciate the freedom that we've actually been given, Right, Because we make choices according to this freedom that we've given. And in doing so, we actually put ourselves back under the things that were oppressing us in the beginning. And yet we're like, hey, I'm free to do this. And we use our freedom to choose oppression. We use our freedom to make the wrong choices and we, 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 we use our freedom to choose the very thing that Christ came to set us free from. And we call it freedom. But we're choosing oppression. Right? But it's under the disguise of freedom because, hey, I made the choice. I was, and yes, we're free to do that. Right? That's part of what freedom is. But what are we using our freedom for? Or what are we choosing to do with the freedom that we've been given? And I think that's really where God wants to go this morning. And what happens when we use our freedom to make the wrong choices? Because the scripture, and we'll, and we'll get to the scriptures, but the, the scriptures say that we are free from the sin that once held us captive, that we were once slave to. Because while it's, it's true, right, that, that while we still live on this earth and, and live our lives for God, right, and, and yet we're surrounded by 
the things that Christ came to set us free from. Right? And, and this is basic stuff, and we all know this, right? But the things that we were set free from are the things that surround us in the world, the sin that entangles the world, the, the, the way that the world is going and the way that the world is choosing, uh, the, the path that the world is, is choosing to follow is the very things that we've been set free from and we're no longer supposed to be bound to and we're no longer sl- supposed to be slaves to. And, and yet it, it's, it's not as simple as, hey, yeah, I'm in Christ now. That stuff is no longer around me. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to deal with it. It still surrounds us. And there's so much pressure from the outside coming in on the church, number one, but also there's so much outside pressure coming in on the lives of a believer to conform to the things and the ways of the patterns of this world. That if we don't think or we don't behave a certain way, then that makes us a certain thing. And so we don't fit the pattern of society and we don't fit the pattern of the way that the world is going and how they say we're supposed to be, right? And suddenly as a result of that, because that's not the easiest thing to deal with as believers, because it sets us apart and it puts us in a different position and it causes the world to be looking upon us and judging us and calling us this and calling us that and we're bigots and we're we're all this sort of stuff and it's putting this pressure on us where we have to make a decision right what are we going to do with this freedom that we've been given? I'm free from all this stuff and this pressures of the world, and I don't have to follow what they're saying and what they're doing, but yet the pressure and stuff that comes upon us like causes us in our minds to sometimes make decisions that, okay, I'm not going to fully and completely follow everything that the world says, but I can kind of make myself fit by just doing this one, by, by just accepting this part of it, right? And, and, and so while we have this freedom, the pressure that's surrounding us causes us to use the freedom that we have to choose again the very things that Christ set us free from when he died for us. The scriptures make it clear to us that despite all of that, we are truly free because of what Christ has done, and therefore we can live in that true, unrestricted freedom. Okay, and so as we've been focusing on for the messages for, uh, gosh, quite a while now, we've been focusing on the Holy Spirit, the importance of knowing and understanding who the Holy Spirit is, the fact that He lives and dwells. Uh, within us, right? That the Holy Spirit, the divine nature of God lives and dwells in us. He is the one who empowers all believers on the earth and he is the one who empowers the church today and, and has empowered the church, you know, since the day of Pentecost when power came down, when the Holy Spirit came upon the believers and all the gifts and everything were given, right? It's the Holy Spirit who empowers the church. It's the Holy Spirit who empowers us to do what it is we're called to do on this earth and we've spoken about and Keith has spoken about this plenty of times before that we as believers are not called to build the church of God we are called to speak the truth of the gospel and make the truth known and we are called to make disciples we are called to teach and to train and to encourage people in the truth of what God says through his word to us and God makes it clear in his word he says I will build my church 
and we get caught up in what can I do and what can we do to build the church of God, we need to forget that and we need to say, no, no, what can I do to make disciples? What can I do? What can we do to build people? Because when we're building people, God will do what he says he's going to do and he will build his church. Right, we get caught up in thinking about the wrong things. And it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing that we want to think about, hey, how can I build the church? But God says, I will build my church. It's not for us to worry about. Right, so this is the Holy Spirit in us. We have a great hope. And Keith was talking about this uh, two weeks ago. He was talking about hope, that thing called hope that we have. That is another thing that sets us apart from the rest of the world. Because while they're just living their lives and doing their things and going about whatever in in their day-to-day, there's no eternal hope that they hold on to like the eternal hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And because of the eternal hope that we have in Christ Jesus and because of our belief in Him, we have an understanding through what we've been learning about that we have the Holy Spirit because of our belief, right? And that Holy Spirit in us, according to Ephesians, is the seal or the guarantee that we have of the promise of eternal life that is yet to come. So we are sealed with the promise of the eternal life that is yet to come, which is the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells in us according to the word of God. So we have this great hope because of what Christ has done and because of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We have a constant daily reminder that our lives no longer belong to the ruler of this world, but to the God who created us and who created this world because of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Amen. So 2 Corinthians, this is, what, um, this is the scripture that that second song was, was based out of today. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Uh, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty meaning freedom. But we all with unveiled face behold as in a mirror the glory of God are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And also it goes on to say, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is transformation in the life of a believer. Because of the glory of God, because of His Spirit in us, our lives can be transformed as we hold fast to Him, as we learn to follow what it is He's saying and what it is He's speaking, and learn to recognize when the Spirit is speaking to us in our lives. And here's the thing that I think we we, we miss or we just forget at times. The Holy Spirit doesn't just speak to us about what he wants us to do in church, right? The Holy Spirit speaks to us every single day about how he wants us to go about our lives, right? Uh, uh, The Holy Spirit speaks to us every single day about opportunities that are presented before us to live out what God has done for us and what God is speaking to us. And it's not always the most profound spiritual thing that the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. It can be quite simple, As simple as just go and speak to that person. Just go and sit with that person. Just say one nice thing to that person. It's not always this deeply spiritual, go and proclaim the full message of the gospel and sit this person down and then take him out the back and baptize him in their pool. Just like it's as simple as having a conversation. As Libby does every day. And that's as simple as smiling at somebody if that's what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Because I think we've all been in a place and had those days where we're just feeling like rubbish and everything's gone wrong and you just walk past a stranger and for whatever reason they just smile at you. And like, even though you feel like rubbish, like, okay, that made me feel a little bit better. 
It can be simple things like that. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and there is transformation in the life of a believer. So that verse that we read, the, the 2 Corinthians 3, um, it's one that's spoken on a lot and for good reason because it's teaching us clearly that, that as a result of the Holy Spirit, there is freedom in our lives, uh, freedom in the lives of believers. But again, freedom from what? So it, it's important to note that the context surrounding this verse as well because it's, it's quoted a lot, but what's the context? What's it actually talking about? So in this chapter, Second uh, Corinthians 3, in this chapter, Paul is addressing... Um, He's addressing the reality of the new covenant uh, that believers have now in comparison to the old covenant or the law of Moses that the nation of Israel had previously. This is what he's addressing because he, these, these people, these, the Corinthians, the, the Israelites, they had an understanding of what the old covenant was and they had an understanding of the law of Moses because they'd, they'd read it, they knew it, right? And so but Paul is now addressing to them what has changed and what is different now according to the new covenant that believers had because of what Christ has done. Because it's vastly different from the law of Moses that Israel had. Right? And freedom is one of the biggest aspects that is different. So this is what he's uh, trying to address. So he's trying to get across, because there were those who still wanted to hold on to and abide by the law of Moses, what he was trying to, to address is that while people lived under the law, there was no freedom in it. The law never provided a way out of sin for people. What it did, uh, well, it, so it, it never provided a, a way out of, uh, of sin for people. And it never assisted them in truly being free from the things of the world. What it did, however, was make it very clear to people what sin was um, and what they were to try and avoid. And it also made clear what they were to do in response when they inevitably failed and fell short of the law. It, it taught them about the sacrifices. And you do this, you, you come and sacrifice these birds or these goats. And Amy spoke uh, earlier, she mentioned um, the Day of Atonement. Right there, there was this period, and this is in ancient Israel, where, where once a year, the, the Day of Atonement, and people would have to bring their, their, uh, their, their, their sacrifices, and, and the, the high priest would make a sacrifice on behalf of the entire nation of Israel for their sins. Right? And this happened every single year, that they would have to come and do the same thing on the Day of Atonement, because through the law... There was no real freedom. There was just, okay, you've done this. This is what you need to do to cover yourself, right? But there was no freedom in it. It showed the people how sinful they were. It, 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 it made known the things that God despised amongst his people. But it offered no real freedom from it other than make this sacrifice and you'll be clean. And then when you do it again, come back and do it again. Right? That's what the law did. But there was nothing about the covenant of the law that gave or created freedom in the lives of those who believed. True freedom. There was freedom in the sense that, okay, we know what we need to do. We can make this sacrifice and, and appease God, basically. 
but there was no real freedom from the things that they were bound by in the world. There was no real freedom from the pressure of sin and the pressure of the world. But now that the church and the believers have this new covenant with God, and part of that is the fact, again, that we have the Holy Spirit living in us as a guarantee of the promise and the inheritance that is yet to come, we can now experience true freedom from all the plagues of the world. All the things that we were once bound by, we are now free from because of the freedom that comes via the Spirit who dwells in us. Right. So what does Scripture explicitly say that we are free from uh, because of Christ. I've got a few scriptures here, so I'm just going to go through them. So starting in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 7. It says, what shall, we say, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who have died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, thank you, Zoe, um, even so we also should walk in newness, newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. We touched on this uh, briefly last week when we had the baptisms and Cat and Dale got baptized. I hope you guys have had an awesome week, by the way, and you know, enjoying this new freedom. Um, but we, 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 we touched on this, that baptism for us is not simply just a, a purely symbolic thing that we do because it's good and in public show, whatever. Uh, but it's, it, it's, it's important spiritually because what we believe is that as, uh, as the old person goes down under the water. They rise again a new person, the new creation that Scripture speaks about, where all the sin, all the death, all of that stuff is washed away and the new creation rises. And that's essentially what this Scripture is talking about as well. That the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Right, Romans six eighteen and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Romans eight one through four. We we've heard most of this one before. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Again, Paul is addressing the difference in the covenants, that the law was weak in that regard, that it couldn't provide that freedom from sin. But Jesus' blood sacrifice 
was the once and for all atoning sacrifice for all of humanity. And there's a whole thing with the blood and why it had to be blood. That's a whole other thing that we're not going to get into today. But there's a reason why Christ's blood had to be shed. Why he, he couldn't just come and minister and do his thing and, and have that be it. There was a reason that Christ had to die and there was a reason that his blood had to be shed. For the atoning and the covering of the sin of humanity. But that, that's a whole other thing. Uh, the next one, Romans 8, 20 and 21. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Just think about that last part. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. The glorious liberty, the glorious freedom of the children of God. All of these scriptures, and there are many others, but these scriptures point to the beautiful truth that we as believers have been set free from the bondage of sin and death that plagues this world. Right? It makes it clear. No longer are we bound by it. No longer are we subject to it and its decrees. But we are set free and made truly alive through Christ and through the Holy Spirit. Made truly alive through Christ and the Holy Spirit. Where our lives no longer have to be subject to the trash and the rubbish and the oppression of the world. But made truly alive and truly free through Christ's sacrifice and through the Holy Spirit in us. Isn't this truth incredible? Doesn't this truth just refresh your spirit? Doesn't this truth just just give you such reassurance of the hope that we have in Christ? Yet why is it that we are still sinful? And why is it that we still fall short of the glory of God? Why is it that at times we still experience the reality of the corruption of the world? Because freedom gives you a choice. So the answer to that question is choice. You see, the fact that we are free and we have this freedom, means that while we are not bound by these things, now we have the power to choose. Before, we had no choice. But now we have the power to choose. And we are still fleshly beings. We still experience fleshly desires. We still experience temptation. We still live in this world and we experience everything that the world has. It's before us. 
it surrounds us. Right? And yet we have freedom to choose what we want to go after. Freedom is the power to choose. The power to make the decision, am I going to go after the things of the flesh that I was once bound by? Am I going to go after the things that God has made available for me? Two more scriptures, Galatians 5.13. Paul teaching the church of Galatia. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, called to freedom. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. They recognized early on that freedom created opportunity for choice. And just as we struggle in it and struggle under it now because of all the stuff, same for them back then. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 15, 16. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants for God. So not using the freedom that we have as an excuse to choose the things of the flesh. The struggle is not one that is unique to you. It's one that all believers face the world over. And that's why we still struggle under this stuff sometimes. Because though we are free, we use our freedom to make a choice in a moment. And sometimes we think we're doing the right thing and it just doesn't turn out that way. Other times we know it's not the right thing, but we choose it anyway. But therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? And while we need to learn to acknowledge the wrong choices that we make, we are not to be condemned by these choices. Because there is freedom. Right? And we can just go to God and we can deal with it. Having freedom means that we need to decide to pursue life in God and choose life in God. We need to decide in ourselves to choose to remain in freedom. Because the reality is if we've been given freedom by God through Christ and the Holy Spirit, but then choose to live out the desires of the flesh that we were once bound by, what we're really choosing is to give control over certain area of our, areas of our lives back into the enemy's hands. And here's where it gets interesting. What happens when you give control of an area of your life back into the enemy's hands. Because remember, we've, we've established that at this point, freedom is a choice, and we make that choice. God allows us to make choices. That's why he gave us freedom. Scriptures in the Old Testament today, I give you a choice between life and death. My hope is that you choose life, 
but there's an opportunity for you to choose death. There are instances in our lives as Christians, as believers, as devout believers, where we make choices to put ourselves in bondage once again in certain areas of our lives. And for each and every one of us, that can be different area. We have different things that we struggle with. But we need to realize that when we make a choice to give a part of our life back into the enemy's hands, that there are going to be consequences for that. Consequences in the natural, of course. We could go into many of those, but there's no need to because we all can think of things. But not only are there natural consequences, there are spiritual consequences that come and happen to us as a result of that. And I think this is where all in was for me this morning because I've kind of skirted around some of this stuff for a little while. But, you know, there's freedom, so we're just going to go there. So when we... I'm going to finish soon. When we decide, when we make a choice that is something of the flesh and we give ourselves back over to the enemy in part of our lives, number one, as believers, it does not mean that you lose your salvation. It does not mean that you are no longer saved. It does not mean that you are no longer free to experience the freedom that, that we have because of Christ and because of the Holy Spirit. But what it does mean is that in that particular area that you made a choice to do the wrong thing, that there is now potential and opportunity for spiritual oppression in that area of your life. Where now all of a sudden, because in one moment you made a choice to go down that road and do this thing or say this thing or follow that path, you have now opened yourself up to spiritual oppression in that area of your life. And it can get back to feeling like in yourself that I have no freedom here. And it feels like I no longer have any power in this area I'm bound by. I just feel like I have and can experience no freedom in this area of my life. And that's because we have opened ourselves up to spiritual oppression in that particular area of our life. And we can still have freedom in other areas. Like I said, your salvation is secure in Christ Jesus. Right, But we need to realize and we need to recognize that when we make those decisions and when we use our freedom to make a choice that is not a choice that God would want for our lives, that is not a choice according to the way that God instructs us to live in His Word, that there are natural and spiritual consequences that come as a result of that. And we need to know that we can be free from that thing once again. And we've seen a little bit of it uh, over the last little while in our church. Not so much from here up, up front, but there's been a few of us who have been 
pursuing this, I suppose you could say, trying to understand why the scripture says we have this freedom. And yet so many of our lives are not truly and completely free because we've made choices that have allowed spiritual oppression to happen in certain areas of our life. And we need to know that we can deal with that and how to deal with that. And we're going to pray in a little bit for freedom in those areas of your life. Because there is now, therefore, there is now no condemnation. But yet, when you're under that, you you feel that condemnation. But you don't need to, and you don't need to continue to live under that and under that oppression, even though it may feel like you no longer have freedom to choose in that area. It's like something's got its hooks in you. Those hooks can be removed in the name of Jesus, because there is freedom in the name of Jesus, right? We, we need to understand. Let, let me just finish with this, 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 this final scripture that hopefully pulls all of this together. Romans 6, 22, 23. Actually, Amy and Boyd, do you guys want to come up? We, we will do that, Izzy, if that's okay. Um, Romans 6, 23. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's read that again. And it's up there. Read it along with me and let's read it with some enthusiasm. All right, Romans 6, 22, 23. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So here's what we're going to do. These guys are going to do their thing. And I'm going to ask you to be vulnerable and honest this morning, I suppose, is the best way to put it. If there is an area or areas in your life that you know you need to deal with and you've been fighting and struggling under that spiritual oppression. And remember, there's no condemnation. A few months ago, it was probably closer to the start of the year, and I'll be I'll tell you something that, that, that happened to me. Uh, myself, Trav and Jesse, we met here one night because we'd been studying this stuff and reading up on it. Like, we, we need to, you know, let's, let's see what we can do here. So we met and we were praying for each other, doing all this sort of stuff. And there was stuff, and we, we were open and we were honest with each other about particular areas where each of us struggled. Because only by being open and honest could we then effectively pray for each other, right? And so I shared with them, you know, stuff that's going on and things I've been dealing with and struggles I've been having, blah, 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 all, all, all that sort of stuff. And, and these two guys prayed for me. 
And, and, and I'll tell you what, I, I experienced that night something that I haven't really experienced before. There, there was manifestations going on with, it, within me as a result of the prayers that they were being prayed, as I was being freed from things that had been oppressing me and weighing me down and holding me back and struggles that, that I had had for, for, for quite some time. And I experienced freedom from those things on that night. Right? And, and since we, we've had other um, similar experiences with a few other people where we, where we prayed and, and things have happened and they've experienced again freedom in these areas of their life that they were struggling under oppression. But the freedom came by them being willing to do something about it and, and, and deal with it. And I'll be honest, sometimes when we do this, when this happens, there, there, there are and there can be uh, manifestations, for lack of a, of, of a better word. When we're dealing with spiritual things, things happen in the spirit, right? And sometimes things happen, right? Uh, for, for me, it was a, a, a lot of coughing and, and heaving and, and, and nearly vomiting, right? When we were dealing with, with this other stuff. But this doesn't always happen, okay? There are other times where we've done this and there's no real physical manifestation, okay? But there's still that same experience of freedom. So I just wanted to say that just in case, you know, just in case something happens. But I'm just going to stop talking now. I'm going to ask you if you feel this morning that you need to deal with something, an area of your life where you've been feeling oppressed and feeling stuck and feeling not free, just come and stand here and I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask Trav to come and pray with me. I'm going to ask Dan to come and pray with us as well. And Jesse. And Brooke. And yeah, that's what we're going to do. These guys are going to play. If that's you, come stand here. I'll turn this off so anything you say and I say will not be heard by anyone else.